Are you feeling unfulfilled in your career and tired of living for the weekend? Do you want to create a life and business you don't need a vacation from? I'm your host, Wendy Schultz, and this is Create a Life You Don't Need a Vacation From podcast. Hello, and welcome to Create a Life You Don't Need a Vacation From podcast. Today, I have a great friend, Patricia Lohan, who is joining me from Bali, where it's 9 p.m. Um, so Hi! It's crazy late there. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk to you. And I just love the name of your po- the podcast of being, you know, not, not need to take a vacation from. And I'm like, I'm here in Bali. It is like being on vacation most of the time. I know. Well, when you create a life, you're in a vacation all the time, then you don't need a vacation from it because you're already there, right? It's just exactly. <laughs> love so it. Can you, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and mm-hmm. tell me about your business. Yeah, so my name is Patricia Lohan. I'm from the west coast of Ireland, from Galway. Um, and I teach people how to feng shui their homes to call in more money, luck, and blessings. So I teach feng shui online and I work with clients one-to-one to feng shui their homes as well. So basically making their homes magnets to money and all the good stuff too. That's awesome. So tell me, what is feng shui? Yeah, so feng shui is sometimes has been taught to be like the art of placement, like the placement of furniture. But I like to talk about feng shui from a different perspective. And um, for me, feng shui is uh, acupuncture for your home. So it is basically, I am like an energy worker for your house. Um, So anything, if you're feeling stuck or blocked in your life, it may not be you, it could be your home that is sabotaging your bank account, your relationships, and all the good stuff that you want flowing into you. If it's not flowing in, and you've been doing some work and you're trying to figure it out, um, that's when people find me. And they're like, let's see if it's the house. And um, more than often, if they found me, it's something on with their, there's something going on with their house. And we just really work with making sure that the energy is flowing. And um, we do, magic happens, basically. <laughs> and I, we have a mutual friend, Tanya Harris, who told mm-hmm. me that that was exactly it. Things like magic happened when she hired <laughs> I know so Tanya was so good because every time she did something like a recommendation she ended up on tv she's like every single time I did something I got a new a new request to be on tv for my business um and we've had certain like so Tanya's really got like so much incredible visibility for her business um and then I have Miriam who joined my program or to, uh, to work with me and she wanted to get her kids to come home and stay at home. So she wanted like more family harmony. Her kids were staying with her ex-husband. She's like, what's wrong with me? And um, her business doubled the first month and trebled the second month. Mm-hmm. So like, this was like the ripple effect of the other side of it. it was just like, I want this, but actually we got this as well. So it can be really um, powerful, a powerful practice, especially um, 
if there's something that you're like, why isn't this certain thing unfolding for me? You know, I'm doing the work, I'm working hard, I'm trying to sort things out and it's not kind of flowing. Um, and once we work with the energy of the house, it can be absolutely fascinating. And, you know, there's no surprise that Oprah, Steven Spielberg, that all the whole foods around the entire of America are all feng shui, Hyundai cars, DreamWorks, all of these huge companies and corporations all use feng shui as well. So they're not just using it because it's going to be like, oh, this is a nice thing for us to have. They're using it because it's like, let's, let's improve our bottom line profits. Um, so feng shui is very much about making your home more profitable and attractive for the good stuff in your life. That is awesome. So you didn't start in this. Talk about, <laughs> no. did you had a business before? Why don't you tell us about yeah. that? So um, I, I actually got my first books about feng shui when I was 15. So my soul knew what I wanted to do, but I went down a very logical, you know, I'm going to go to university. Like my parents had never been to university. They were so delighted that we were able to go to university. I went to university. I studied business. Um, my parents were entrepreneurs. So I had been kind of thought that I wanted to go into corporate and work nine to five and have a normal job because being an entrepreneur can be quite erratic at times. And um, growing up in that kind of environment was just, you know, uh, it's like a breeding ground for it. And I was like, no, I think I want to be just more normal. Um, so I did try to work nine to five um, in marketing and PR. It didn't work. It didn't last very long uh, until my dad um, took and saw a new opportunity and I basically said, I'll help you. So I went along with him for, and worked with my dad and we set up a bar restaurant and off license in the West coast of Ireland. And I did that for seven years. Now the thing is I was actually fulfilling my dad's dream and not mine. <laughs> and after seven years of basically pouring my soul into a business that wasn't mine, that was really not my purpose at all in life. I was kind of fired by my mom. <laughs> so, so essentially I worked in this business. My mom was, had come on board to help out as well. And, um, she had what kind of how this all unfolded with me not being there. Cause it was a bit weird me leaving anyways, that no one would have ever forecasted this massive transition that I had. Um, but my mom went to visit my sister who lives in Australia and, um, when she got back to Ireland, everyone was like, you must be so sad, like leaving Nicola in Australia, like she's so far away. And mom's like, no, she's so happy. Like, how could I be sad? Like, I just want my daughters to be happy. And I think like at that time I could hear her kind of saying it and she turned around and looked at me and she could see that I was so miserable. And I was just like, had lost my spark. I wore black every day and Wendy knows me in person. Like I she had met me in person. I am usually wearing pink or orange. Right, or, right. I, I am literally like in the rainbow of colors. Um, and I was really in a very difficult, tricky place personally. I had just didn't know what I, what was going on. And my mom just said to me that evening, she's like, I think you need to leave. Um, and out of my mouth popped something that was quite unusual, even for me, was like, I'm going to India to become a yoga teacher. Now, I just have to put this into perspective. <laughs> I went to one yoga class a week. I was not like this, like, oh my God, I'm so mad into yoga and holistic things. Like that was not it. It was just one class a week and I'd been on one yoga retreat. 
Um, and next minute I was like packing everything, decluttering my entire life. I ended up like writing off my car. Um, I ended up just having like, just basically my entire life, everything was being stripped off and decluttered. Um, and I headed to India. I thought I was going around the world, but I got to India and I ended up staying there for nearly a year and then going back again. So I was there for a long time. And uh, that was really where I kind of stepped off the world and went on a kind of a magical adventure in India where I trained to be a yoga teacher. I trained in lots of other modalities. So like healing modalities, working with people to release trauma. I trained in sound healing and I had like this epic journey all around India and into Nepal. Uh, and finally it was kind of like, I better go back to Ireland. So I eventually got back to Ireland um, and I'd shipped all these sound healing instruments, these bowls over to my mom's house. And my mom was like, what are you going to do with these fruit bowls? And I was like, <laughs> sound healing. And they're like, sound what? Um, so it was just all like really the unknown. I had no idea what I was going to do. And, you know, at this stage I had spent all my money and I was in debt and I was back um, at home <laughs> working, going like, what am I going to do? Like, do I get a job back in the restaurant where it was fired from? Um, so I just started really doing and showing up with these tools and modalities. And I eventually moved to a new city. I moved to Dublin. Um, and when I moved there, I set up a practice. So everything started to flow really amazingly for me. You know, I didn't have anywhere to live. I met friends of mine for dinner one day and I was in Dublin and there was a few of my friends living there. So we were just all meeting up and I was staying with one of them, like sharing her bed. She was like, yeah, stay with me. It's fine. Like you're just here for a few days. No worries. Um, and then I was like, I'm going to move to Dublin. And one said like, where are you going to live? And the other one turned around and she said, well, you can have our spare room. We have a single bed in our single bedroom. You can have that. And I was like, Oh, thanks. And then it was like, how are you going to get around? Are you going to get a car or something? Now, just like I probably had like probably at 50 euros to my name at this stage and a load of debt. So the fact of like, how am I going to get around? I'm going to get a car. I was like, no. Um, and then the other one was like, you can have my bicycle. So I was given a bicycle. I was given a place to stay. And I had all these new, I basically was like Mary Poppins with this bag of tools and modalities. And I just started doing the work and really working with people one-to-one, -one, running sound baths, training people. My business grew very organically. I just kind of showed up every day and like opportunities and things started to flow. Like it was really a very amazing journey to be on. Um, and with all of that, I eventually was able to afford a new apartment and I ended up manifesting this beautiful apartment that was actually my sister's and it had been rented out as all kind of a crazy story to get to that. But when I moved into that apartment, I said to my kind of like, it was like walking over the threshold of it. I walked over the, the, the door and I was like, I'm not leaving here until I'm moving in with my husband, like until I'm moving in with my husband to my home house. And, and you didn't know your husband at this point. No, I was like totally single, yogi, sucking <laughs> around. I literally didn't have the money in me sometimes to, you know, pay the rent. Like I, I, could, I had done this thing where I would like have the one month's rent ahead saved. So like I always had like one month's rent. Like if I could pay the rent, I was okay. Like I would just, I knew I would not starve. 
Um, I would some you know, some days I would get earning like on a Tuesday I taught a yoga class at lunchtime and I, I had one student and she paid me five euros. So <laughs> so like yeah, it was a very interesting way of living at the time. Um, but I said to her, I'm not moving in until I'm not moving out until I meet my guy. And she laughed her head off. Like I can totally picture it. She's like, ah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and I was like, I'm deadly serious. And I went around like setting up my house for love. Like I set up my apartment for love. I remember all the feng shui stuff that I'd learned over the years and had done snippets of, but I was like, I'm going to, this place is going to be like a magnet for the right guy for me. Um, and then like I, in, in the kind of all of this started going on, I met Ken very soon afterwards. And when I went to visit his house in the countryside that he had built, where I'd like affirmed, I'm going to be grateful for my house in the countryside. Um, I walked around and I'm like, he has feng shui this place. He has wow. feng shui. And um, he had been into feng shui since his 20s. So we both were like on this path of like fascinated with feng shui and really interested in it. And I was, you know, when the student's ready, the teacher appears um, and these beautiful teachers arrived in Ireland and I was just like gung ho for them. So, you know, for me, everything that I practice and teach are things I've just been interested in. So for example, yoga, I just liked it and did was wanted to learn more. Same with the sound healing, same with my other modalities like kinesiology and all that. I just loved loved what it how the benefits it brought to me. So something kind of crazy started happening. I was diving more into the feng shui and then I would be working with my clients, you know, releasing trauma and anxiety and all stress from their bodies and years, you know, and I started like tuning in and getting these, you know, I'm like a natural intuitive, like in India, my brain, like, I don't know, my third eye just like, I don't know what, what opened. So I could like read cards for people and tune into stuff. And it was all a bit, it's all a bit mad. So it was for me because I was like, what is, what's this? what is this? But with my clients, it was very useful for them. So I was supporting them. And then I'd be asking them like, at this stage, I was like, tell me what's going on with your bedroom. Describe your house. What's, you know, so it was like this merging of two worlds because I, what I realized was I'm helping these people overcome this deep work on the inside, but they're going home to a house that is basically holding on to a lot of those memories that is maybe bad for people or bad for money that's actually sabotaging their progress. So they're really determined and they were doing all this inner work, yet their house was completely blocking it. And that's where this whole thing started to unfold was essentially I started saying to my clients like, well, I'm, I'm doing this feng shui now. I, there's some, it keeps coming up about your house. Like, let's check. And then of course I would get there and be like, well, this and that, and this and this, and, you know, this is the reasons that you're not getting and seeing the results from the other work we're doing. Like, cause they were still seeing results and they would like bounce out and be like, Oh my God, amazing. I feel amazing. But then it was just their house was like literally coming in on them energetically. Um, and that's how I started doing feng shui, but I just did it on the side. So like me getting to Bali is like a different story to how I got into it. But that was ultimately where these worlds collided with my work and with the feng shui and how I started evolving, working with people. And for me now, I'm like, it starts at home. Like, let's get the foundations right. Let's figure, make sure that your house is sorted. And then then we can look at all the other stuff. Like that's, that's the, and it's much easier to kind of look at your house than it is to be like, what happened to me when I was 10, you know, <laughs> figure that out. 
totally. So <clears throat> you're just, you're resonating a lot with me because sometimes I'm like, you know, because especially being in quarantine right now, um, mm -hmm. you know, where things are opening up, but we're still spending a lot of time at home. Yeah. But and then having kids at home and they don't, how do you talk to people about when they've got their kids and their kids just scatter stuff everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's quite interesting, um, especially when it comes to people with me around like, you know, clutter and they're like, my kids are messy and this and this. Um, and for me, um, I have a very pragmatic approach to this entire like feng shui. I'm like, no hanging weird frogs, no knocking walls. We just work with what you've got with your house. And the same with the kind of clutter thing. People think that I'm going to come in and be like, you need to worry condo this. This house needs to be immaculate. And I'm like, <laughs> no, because, you know, clothes and things that are there that are being moved regularly, that's okay. That's called life. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm not about like the surface things. And even like I could go into, a, I could feng shui a house that basically has no furniture and it could be bad feng shui. Or I could do an interior designed house that is like the most magnificent, like I've done the mansions, yet everyone in the house is fighting, they're being robbed, all this drama is happening. And I'm like, it doesn't matter because the energy is bad. Like, and yeah, you've got loads of money coming in. So for me, it's less about like that aesthetic side of like the clutter and the, like the life stuff. So it's like, okay, there's a few clothes there. They're not going to stay there forever. They're going to go in the laundry. Like that's, that's kind of a living organism of a house as opposed to, um, and I always just joke about this one because it's kind of mental, but um, one of my first consultations was a little farmhouse in like the back of nowhere in Ireland. Like it was just so out of nowhere. And I'm going to this tiny little farmhouse and it's a really old house. And the lady is super sweet and we're wandering around. And I'm like, well, tell me about this, this bookcase. Cause the books looked really old on the bookcase. And I'm like, Hmm, how long is, you know, tell me about this bookcase. And she's like, well, that bookcase with those books is there since I moved in. And I was like, okay. And I'm doing the maths because she's told me she's married a long time. And I was like, so what, how long ago is it since you moved in? She's like 37 years ago. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God. You know, so that's an extreme version, but it's like, for me, something that's been stuck there that hasn't been moved, that hasn't been touched, that isn't been looked at. It's the cupboards that you're kind of scared to touch that all the stuff will fall out or the paperwork that's kind of like hidden jammed in the corner. That's just, uh, that is a bigger concern for me because that's creating more stagnant energy as opposed to like some laundry on the floor that needs to be picked up for a day or two, you know? So and I hope that alleviates some people's stress or they're listening going, my house is messy. Like, it's not like for me, a messy house isn't a, isn't bad feng shui. Like it just is like, I am not a naturally tidy person. My husband is always listening to me on these podcasts when I'm interviewed. And I'm like, I am like, I can't condo people's houses because I am not her. And I totally, I'm not a tidy, naturally tidy person. Like I like things to be orderly and stuff, but I find that would be just too much for me. Um, and that's fine. It works for some people and certain personalities. I'm more about like, let's make sure the energy is right. Less about like, the, like what's like life that's happening. You know? Yeah. Thank you for clearing up that myth because that was a myth I thought for sure was I like, know. there's I'm no way my kids are gonna. <laughs> people get really scared. Everyone. 
people get really scared that I'm going to come in and tell them like they're scared. Like I have, um, we have a software where people submit their photos of their floor plan or their house and stuff for our feng shui consults and to create their personal report. And one lady was just like, Oh, I haven't cleaned up. And I'm like, we don't even need photos of the inside of your house. You don't even have to share them. Send me, I want to see the outside. And then they're like, Oh, okay. You know, because I'm like, you know, there, there is a lot of aesthetic. There's a lot of different layers to feng shui. So for me, I'm like, well, let's get the energy right first. You know, people think I have to declutter everything before I feng shui. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like actually one of the big things, what I have noticed is that people are more likely it's easier to declutter when the energy is right. So oftentimes if there's an area in your house where it gets a lot of clutter, like where it keeps piling up, that's like for me a red flag that the energy is not happy there and it's nothing to do with you being messy or whatever. Like, And it's also, there's kind of two pronged to it. It's like if you do have the feng shui happy there, and it still kind of bring, accumulates um, some clutter, it can be a sign of that that part of your whole life that you're not looking after it for yourself. So it's kind of like you're, you're, it's bringing your attention to that part of your life. And I often noticed it in our own house and um, where it kind of would kind of pile up or get a bit busy and a bit messier than normal would be our laundry room, which was actually happened to be our um, spirituality area. So it's just like, if we haven't been in our meditation practice, if we haven't, if I haven't been into yoga or spending time in nature, I would be like, oh, look at that. Ha 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 ha. Okay, I'm going to do that. And, you know, so it's like you start communicating with your house because every area of your house represents a different part of your life. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty fascinating journey. Yeah. Well, paperwork is probably one of the worst areas that I know. I'm probably now listening to you have some stagnant energy (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I like to pilot. Um, And so you recommend going through that stuff, I'm sure, (laughs) and and regularly keeping up with it. Yeah. Um, I think that like, also, you know, And it's also, yeah, it depends on like how long it's there as well. Like for, if it's something that's been ignored, like, especially for example, um, say a a home office, you know, for home office, um, like looking back and being like, right, what's the longest, like, you know, in Ireland, you have to keep things for seven years. So it's Mm -hmm. okay. Let me just, I have seven years. What's the cutoff year. Let me go back and just make sure all that other stuff is gone. You know? So you're really that's that's important because that kind of thing especially like old paperwork from old companies or things like that that can really create more stagnancy not necessarily stagnancy but also an an attachment to these old negative stuff that could have been not good back then and we just hold it for and don't even realize that we're holding on to it um but for me i feel like um decluttering and letting go of things is like a muscle you know so it's like building a muscle so you know if wendy paperwork is the hard one for you i would recommend starting at the tupperware cupboard you know the way you had all the takeaway plastic containers and all the stuff where there's like no emotional value but you would feel you feel like i often when i do that cupboard i always feel really accomplished i'm like wow it looks so neat again how do i still have all these plastic soup pots like you know so you get rid of them all and you're like wow great um, and it's like giving, like, it's the small wins when it comes to that. It's like finding the one little place that you're like, okay, I can do this. I have 
five minutes, I can do this. Then I can go back and do, I don't have to do it all. And I think that's also something that people get really overwhelmed with or they think of their entire house. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Just pick one small space and you get better and start at the thing that you're least emotively connected to as opposed to, all this work stuff or baby photos or, you know, not that I would say to people to get their baby photos, but you know, I have one lady who had every piece of artwork that her children had painted when they were growing up. Um, and she's like, what will I do with it? I'm like, ask your children, do they want it? And they were about like, no. So I was like, well then go pick one or two pieces. Cause if they don't want it, what are you holding on to it for? And she's like, oh yeah, okay. Um, but that was way later down after she had done all the stuff that didn't really matter. And it was like, this really has a little, there's a, there's a connection there with that. Yeah. Yeah. So in a business, um, mm -hmm. if you're holding on to old business, um, that could really sabotage your new business. Are you saying it could block your mm. new business? Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting, for example, in home offices, like I've seen a lot of home offices and especially now when everyone's like literally working from home. Um, I, like, you know, if you do have a home office, like make sure it's dedicated to you and your business. Um, I've seen very bizarre things in offices like suitcases, children's toys, um, all the craziest things that you're like, this is not associated with your business. Like bring the things that are associated with your business into your business so you can focus on it. Um, I had a, a client, she was a Tony Robbins coach and we looked at her office setup. and there was a few key things. One, her back was to the door and I'm like kind of going, Wendy, where's your back? Um, <laughs> I'm like listening to the all door. the wrong things. I've, I've got, got toys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my daughter's bedroom because that's all the space we have. I just can't wait to hear them, all the other stuff. Keep going. I want to. <laughs> so, um, so we, she had her dedicated office, but her back was to the door. So I was like, well, you're, and her desk was like pushing up the wall, which is pushing against the wall, which is like pushing away um, things. It's, you can't see what, you can't see where you're, we you can't see what's coming at you. You can't see where you're going. And then with everything coming in behind you, it's like sense of overwhelm and kind of stress, like landing on your shoulders, on your back. I don't know if you're feeling that right now, Andy. Like I all the totally. <laughs> I'm just like, ah, um, I didn't see that coming. Like what the hell? And I would be more prepared. So that is, so we basically swapped, moved her around and um, got her back to the door, got her back to the wall, set her up. And then I was like, what are those books over there? So in her office, she's like a Tony Robbins coach. So it was like personal development, personal growth, all of that. Um, and her bookshelves were covered in cookery books and Cordon Bleu Chef books. And I'm like, what? Like this has no connection with your current, with what you're doing. She, she used to be a Cordon Bleu chef. And I was like, okay, these books got to get out of here. If you want these cookery books, put them in your kitchen where you cook. Otherwise get them out. Put your personal development books in here. Like get like Tony, get the beep, you know, get what you need up. And, um, I swear to God, like a few days later, she messaged me and she's like, Patricia, the phone has not stopped call, like literally ringing with new clients. Um, and it was just this whole change. Like she could see, she felt supported. She was connected. Like her whole office was like talking about this, her, her current business and not like remnants of the past. And we've seen clients, I've seen lots of clients who've like old business cards from old businesses or paperwork with old businesses. Like you need to cut those cords, let them go. You know, even um, one lady had like all her nutrition books 
Um, and now she's like an online business coach and she had all her nutrition books. And I was like, why do you have the nutrition books? She's like, oh, you know, like maybe what if this doesn't work out? I'm like, yeah, okay. They got to go now because that's part of it. It's like, you can't have your fun in two things. So a lot of the things around your office can really say a lot about like what is what, where you're going and what you want to see unfold for you. So in this time, because I like mm-hmm. listen to like 50,000 things you just said that I'm like, okay, <laughs> Patricia, we'll be talking after this. Um, <laughs> because that, you know, right now we are in a, in a house that we're between houses, which is, I mean, this is our vacation home. So this was a beautiful home. We moved into it while we moved from Wisconsin to Florida. And now we're looking for a larger house. Um, but yes, we are in some tighter quarters than we were. I'm in my daughter's bedroom. Um, what do you recommend for someone who doesn't have like a dedicated office space? Do you, mm-hmm. do you, yeah, I can go down to my master bedroom. I've been considering that. Um, and, but that's still going to be a, a de- not a dedicated space. Yeah. So what I would say not having, this is a great question. And especially for a lot of people now, like if you can go come up to your daughter's room and she's not here, like that's totally fine. I personally would prefer you up here than I would in your master bedroom because like that is like, there's no switching off. Like at least when you close the door in your daughter's bedroom, like you close the door on it. So sure. like that for me, I would prefer that. Um, and then it's just about clear boundaries. You know, it's like, right, if I'm going to be in here at this time, um, what do I need to have for my work things? I need to put it all away. So it's not going to disturb her either. So you want to be like, okay, this is my workspace for now. What do I need in here with me for my working times? And what else could I bring in just to anchor work for me? So it could be like, this is my working candle. You know, <laughs> I've had people who sit at their kitchen table and work and I'm like, okay, so if you're sitting at your kitchen table at work, can you get a specific chair? That's like your work chair. And you can even put up something around you. That's like, I'm at work or um, even like an off sign. You know, I've had clients whose desk is like right outside their bedroom. So they're on their way to their bedroom. I was like, I bet you, you get messages at all hours of the night from people. You can't switch off. And this woman was like, I do. How did you know? And I'm like, because basically the last thing you see before you go to bed is your desk, like your work. So we put like a closed sign on her desk at nighttime when she finished. So it was like closed for business, you know? So she's literally creating these boundaries, even if they're not like physical rooms, but it's that like close off. So again, for you, it would be about like, right, I'm going to work and this is my time for work and that's it. You know, I'm creating it. So you're not like, you know, and one of the things I've done is I've got a, I've had got a separate work phone. So I have like a phone that I use during the week for work. And then at the weekends and in the mornings when I want to want to listen to meditations and stuff, I just use that. So it means I can't even just dive into work stuff because I used to, and it will be like 7am and I'm like, just going to get my meditation and something has popped up on Instagram. And I'm like, no, this is like my clients. I tell the clients no to this. So I got myself a second phone. So it's really about figuring out what your workarounds could be for that. So for example, if you have to sit here at this desk, you know, maybe you have like your, your work vision board that you just have that you put up there when you're working. You're like, this is where I'm going. This is my direction. This is what my goals are. And just have that, that you, or have it as a screensaver on your computer. Um, and especially if you're sitting with your back to the door, like you are there, have mm-hmm. a small mirror on the desk so you oh, can see what's coming at you. Like, so you can see what's coming at you. I hope that makes sense. Totally. That, that makes a lot of sense because I know that um, there's probably 
a number of people that are in the same position right now. It's like, I'm working at the kitchen table. I'm working in the kids' bedrooms. I'm working in the basement. There's places that normally you would have a different environment altogether when you're working, but right now it's kind of a Exactly. And like the kitchen table one, again, is one where I tell people, you know, if you are sitting at the kitchen table, um, you know, at nighttime, pack everything away, put out some placemats, like make it look and feel different. That's a really big thing is make it look and feel different um, for sure. So this has like been an awesome conversation about Feng Shui. I'm wondering what you have going back to your, to your journey about like, what, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned in this, in your journey? Uh, some of the biggest lessons I've learned. Well, one of the big things was, so, um, when I left Ireland to go to India, my cousin's husband said, I'll just read this book. I think you'd like it. It was called the four hour work week. Um, and loads of us probably have read it and we've heard of it. Tim Ferriss, yes. I was just like, yeah, oh my God. So I read that book like way back then. That's like, oh my God, maybe 13 or 14 years ago. And I was like, oh my God, I love it. And then when I got back to Ireland, I, you know, set up my business and I really wanted to travel more. So like, I really, like what happened was this crazy instance where I ended up building a brick and mortar business, even though despite I wanted to travel and live in a different country, I had ended up with the totally brand new bricks and mortar business. And I'm like, but I read that book and tell me. So I really didn't do the intentionality. Like I kind of just followed with it and I was just like really in flow. Um, and that was one thing that I suppose if I had my time over, I probably would have thought more about like, well, if you want this, what kind of business and lifestyle do you want? I didn't think about that. So this new kind of era of our business, which was, um, you know, unfolded again, you know, we were chatting one day at the kitchen table about going on our honeymoon and where would we go? We wanted to go to India. Then we were like, let's go to Bali. Um, and we ended up here in Bali. We saw a house loved it that we were meant to stay for a month the man said minimum six months we said okay without even talking to each other and that was really ken had been set thought that he was going to have income coming in from his thing i had basically quit my entire um business and the the interesting thing because we've seen now online is that i probably could i actually totally could have transitioned my entire other business online and not had to have to work from start from scratch again when I decided to move online. Um, and that it was, that's an interesting one when I kind of reflect back, I'm like, oh my God, I could have still done my sessions. I could have, but I thought that I had to end everything to start from scratch with this business um, on the road with the travel. So um, that, was a, that was something I probably would say to people is like, you know, think about what, and how you want your life to look. So, you know, we're all about life design, you, Wendy, as well. Like, mm-hmm. how do you want your life to look? You know, be mindful of like what you're building. And um, what I built was everything was in person. People bought stock from me. I did trade fairs. Um, you know, I ran events. People came to me. And that was amazing. And I loved that business model. Uh, but it wasn't fixed fitting in with the fact that I really wanted to travel and live in different countries and have more flexibility. So that's the other kind of part, which ultimately we had to start from scratch. So that's one thing. Um, and then the, I think the other part is, uh, what else would I say to people? Um, what I've learned, 
I suppose for me, again, I'm very much of the like, I can do it on my own. I'm just going to figure this stuff all out, all on my own. I'm just going to figure it all out. Um, and I did do that for a while, for a long, for ages. And then finally I was like, and you know, people ask me about starting an online business uh, all the time, you know, cause we have built a beautiful, successful online business as you know, living in Bali. Um, and I'm like, Oh my God, like, join a course, like get a really good course. It's going to teach you how to do it. Like I just kind of did loads of stuff that, uh, you know, that wasn't great. And then I look back and I'm like, oh, I probably, you maybe will be further ahead, whatever. Um, so I think that one of the things I would, would say is just, you know, sign, like if there's somebody who's teaching what you want to do, go do their course. It doesn't matter what they charge, just go do it because they have so much that you need to guide you through the journey. Um, and we did do eventually we signed up, I signed up some programs and everything that really helped. And that's where our business grew so much when I followed some, someone who'd kind of done it before, as opposed to just kind of, kind of trying to figure it all out. Oh, so much. And I, don't you feel like it cuts years off of your time? Like it just shaves years off of the time it's going to take you to learn. I've, yeah, for sure. um, I've um, hired coaches in, in pretty much every, <laughs> everything. And, um, just an example, I, cause we run our vacation rental business and I hired someone to help us who's been in the business for 30 years is doing some coaching. And, um, just in one suggestion, um, that's like added another $40,000 to our bottom line, like profit line, you know, <laughs> it's just crazy or, you know, revenue, like straight revenue. Yeah. And, um, it was something that I had never even really thought about before. And it's just, um, it's just one of those things where, yeah, it's expensive to invest in that upfront, but you will just shave years off, which is more expensive in the long run. Right. It's, in the long run. And, yeah. And for sure. You may never, um, it too, you know, <laughs> exactly. And like, that's why like people ask me like, Oh, Patricia, can you show me how to do an online business? And I'm like, no, like I will give you the recommendations. And because I'm really intuitive, I'll, I'll tune in and be like, this is the person's course you need to do this. Person, go follow yeah. that person. Tune up. I think you'll like, like that, you know? So that is something that I feel is something that's really important. Um, and you know, you can get to a certain place and you know, there's some people have done it all their own. We've done, we've got to a very great space, um, on our own. Um, but I'm really grateful for the mentors and the teachers that we have had and the coaches that I've had to kind of grow and expand. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this was such a fun conversation. I always love connecting I with know. you. Um, we, we both had gone to um, Good Morning America in New York. Oh <laughs> Together. We got on oh TV. <laughs> we got on TV. Super early and, and we froze our butts off. It was so cold and we got on TV. It was amazing. So it was amazing. Instant connection. <laughs> <laughs> we've been on good morning America together. Yes. You know, that's not a many people can say that. Like, not, seriously. not too many. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun. How can people find you and uh, learn more about your business? Yeah, sure. So people can find me at patricialohan.com where I have lots of different guides. I actually have a guide to teach you how to function your office. So there's a, a guide there. I also have a guide for helping you find and identify um, the five sneaky, um, ways that your house could be sabotaging your bank account um, and how to fix them. 
So that's over at patricialone.com. I'm also on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, and I recently have a new podcast launch called Live Your Dreams Awake, which is very similar to, you know, our top topic here, really about following your your heart to do what you want because it's all there available and possible for you. But I would love to see you over there in my website, connect, um, reach out, follow me. Thank you for being here and thanks for this opportunity, Wendy. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been a blast. Yes, it has. Thank you for listening in to the Create a Life You Don't Need a Vacation From podcast. And if you're ready to create a life and business that you don't need a vacation from, be sure to reach out to me on facebook.com forward slash your permanent vacation. And also be sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss any future episodes. Have a great day. Take care now. Bye.